Welcome to KiteLine, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in the prison system and beyond. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on KiteLine, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. Before starting with this week's theme, we wanted to share some prison-related news and announcements. A new study by Yale Law School and the Association of State Correctional Administrators has revealed that in U.S. prisons, inmates with severe mental health problems, over 4,000 of them, are kept in solitary confinement for at least 22 hours per day for 15 continuous days or more. This practice is carried out even though it's well known that isolation exacerbates mental health problems and can even trigger them. The study found that most states of the 33 surveyed are keeping mentally ill inmates in isolation. Only Texas said that it had no mentally ill inmates in solitary. Over a third of the states surveyed said that at least 10% of their male inmates with mental health problems were being held in isolation. Missouri has the highest number, 703, whereas New Mexico had the highest proportion, with about 64% of such prisoners remaining in solitary. A private prison in New Mexico, known as the Leah County Correctional Facility, is back on lockdown. Prisoners in the remote facility went on strike a day before the launch of the national movement on August 21st, and they've faced on and off repression since then. Due to its isolation, the administrators at Leah County have had an even freer hand to act against the prisoners, as they can bet the world will forget about them. A hunger strike was announced in the Orange County jail system this week. Prisoners' demands focus on the use of solitary confinement and sensory deprivation in the whole. Here's their statement. Stand up to torture. From Wednesday, October 17, 2018, a mass hunger strike will begin. People in all Orange County jail facilities, from every race and background, male and female, will be participating in this hunger strike to peacefully protest extremely inhuman and torturous practices by the Orange County Sheriff's Department. Indefinite solitary isolation. In this case, we are focusing on the most cruel version of it created by this Sheriff's Department, which is very illegal and absolutely un-American. Indefinite solitary isolation in the whole. The holes are extreme isolation and deprivation sections within jails. They are designed for punishment only, up to 30 days maximum. A whole disciplinary isolation unit is a stripped-down-to-nothing, ghostly, silent, windowless, four-walled, concrete shoebox to start with. People in violation of jail rules, such as smoking tobacco, may be placed in the holes, but not more than 30 days maximum. Here, in some cases, people have been left in the hole by the sheriff for years. Yes, you heard correctly, years. In many other cases, this sheriff's department has routinely housed people in the hole for months and months straight. Indefinite solitary isolation has already been widely condemned, challenged, and abandoned by California Department of Corrections. And for good reason. Simply because it is severe torture. Countless prominent and highly credible people and organizations with intimate knowledge of this subject, some through their own personal experiences, have heavily condemned this practice. Also, extensive studies have been done on the subject. Yet not only has the Orange County Sheriff's Department decided to ignore all of that, along with things like common sense or logic, they also have gone ahead and created their own ultimate torture chamber in the hole, in addition to the use of indefinite solitary isolation in their jails. Suicidal behaviors, self-mutilation, severe hallucinations, withdrawal, panic, anxiety, and sleep deprivation are just some of the psychiatric effects of solitary isolation. 
Please note that these effects were not recorded under indefinite solitary isolation or its most extreme version in the whole. Can you imagine the intensity level of the effects under those circumstances? Everyone from Senator John McCain, Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy, to Nelson Mandela, the United Nations, and so many other greatly credible people and organizations have strongly condemned such inhumane practices. Some of those people, like the late Senator McCain, have experienced it firsthand for themselves. Somewhere along the lines, this sheriff's department has lost its professional and ethical moral compass, especially in places off-limit to the outside world, places they are in complete control, places they are protected by deep secrecy, barbed wire, concrete walls, and closed doors, and places where there's easy prey. When integrity and professionalism take a back seat to ego-driven men in uniform in complete control, bad things usually happen, sometimes in the worst ways. Unchecked power is dangerous. Of course, there are many, many true professionals here who neither condone or participate in this terrible kind of behavior. But all of them stay silent. We see it every day. It is hard to go against the grain, especially when you wear the same uniform as your colleagues. Ask any grunt in military and he will tell you the same. At the end of the day, practice and culture in any organization starts and ends with its leadership. This ship has no rudder and has been drifting. Some of the things they do in these jails are absolutely un-American and a disgrace to this country's values and laws, not to mention their own policies and rules. The list is long. It is most demoralizing, most outrageous, when those trusted by the public, those who are expected to have the highest level of integrity and professionalism, become wrongdoers themselves, like a doctor, a police officer, or a priest. People in public service. What happens when our healers, our protectors, and our survivors become abusers, torturers, and predators themselves? And worse, what happens when it's not an isolated incident or an individual, but instead ongoing and systemic? Protected by the shield of their sacred position, the sacred position of public trust, this can go on for a long time, to horrifying dark depths way beyond what most people would prefer to imagine. In this case, that's exactly what's been happening for God knows how long right here in Disneytown, USA. How could this possibly be? Who polices the police? It is urgent and long overdue to firmly stand up and expose this disgustingly dark side of the Orange County Sheriff's Department and demand answers and accountability. If you believe in this country's values, then please support this cause. If you believe torture is wrong, then demand answers and accountability. Let your voices be heard. To the outgoing Sheriff, Ms. Hutchins, and her hopeful replacement candidate under Sheriff Mr. Barnes, we say... We absolutely regret that it has come to this again. Just a little over two months ago, on a smaller scale, close to 200 inmates went on a hunger strike for the exact same reason. And what did you do in response? You quickly and quietly pulled those people out of the hole. Would you have done that if you were in the right? And why did it have to take people to starve themselves for you to do what's right? Here we are again, and once more, you have the opportunity to do the right thing and prevent mass starvation. You are the only ones who can stop this from happening. Please, we beg you to do what's right. Know that we are absolutely prepared for the long haul. This hunger protest will not stop until three reasonable and very logical conditions are met. One, remove. Two, verify. Three, records. Immediately remove everyone who's been housed indefinitely in the hole, those who've been there for other than disciplinary reasons or for longer than 30 days. Then allow a known and credible rights organization of your own choosing and approved by the Orange County Board of Supervisions to physically inspect and verify there's no body in the holes who's not supposed to be there. And lastly, release the real whole records privately to the same human rights organizations and to the Board of Supervisors to show who's been housed in the holes and for how long. Records for just the past three years is plenty enough. This last condition is for two simple reasons, to keep you honest and to get some answers. 
When you get a heads up, like with this letter, it becomes easy to quickly and quietly make certain adjustments, then say, here, look, I don't know what these guys are talking about. And most importantly, the records will allow you to attempt to explain to the people of Orange County and beyond why in the world you think it's okay to run an indefinite torture chamber in the holes, and what are you planning to do to fix it. Of course, we are not expecting anything more than denials and or finger pointing from you, but we are hoping. Please note that if you don't release the records privately, then you are forcing us to publicly release a long list of people, dates, and location of which holes people were housed in. We have done our homework. It is a sizable list, but an incomplete list. We are absolutely positive there is a whole lot more to it than we have gathered. To all of you participating in the hunger strike, be proud of your sacrifice. Care for each other. Carry each other. Through your friends and families and families on the outside, get the latest true information, news, and updates on your hunger strike by going to the OC Sheriff's Torture at Facebook.com. Tyrants being tyrants, before communication, they will try to use intimidation, force, and misinformation to dissuade and derail your cause. Through this Facebook page, you will stay current and connected to countless people who are out there and who will be rooting for you and supporting your cause. And lastly, to everyone out there, please think for yourself, question authority. This week, we hear from Curtis Ray Davis, who talks about the racist history of Angola, the Louisiana State Penitentiary. He talks about Louisiana's non-unanimous juries, which essentially nullify the votes of non-white jury members. Davis spent decades in Angola, a former slave plantation turned prison. Speaking on a panel with other formerly incarcerated men at the Fight Toxic Prisons Conference in Pittsburgh, Davis's experiences led him to the group Decarcerate Louisiana. Here he is. My name is Curtis Ray Davis II. Before I talk about myself, I want to talk about a place um, to give you context and perspective on what the criminal justice system and the prison industrial complex is all about and the roots that it sprang from, right? Deep down in South Louisiana, they have along the Mississippi River what used to be a slave breed plantation known as Angola. It's, its formal name is the Louisiana State Prison. Prior to it being a prison, it was a legitimate slave breeding plantation. Most of the slaves that came to the United States over the Atlantic, through the Caribbean, to the these shores, had to go to this area first to be made um, into Negroes or Negroes because Africans weren't always Negroes, right? It's a, process that had to take place for this. Then after the processing of the, the slaves, um, they took them down to New Orleans and sold them on auction blocks to the rest of the parts of the United States of America. I had an opportunity to live on this slave breeding plantation for 25 years, nine months, and 11 days from September 18, 1990 to July 8th, um, 2016. That's approximately um, two years ago, right? I came into this place and it's surrounded by water on three sides, right? On the front side of it, there's a 25 mile road that's made specifically to go to this place. At the end of the road is the beginning opening mouth of Angola prison. Everything around it, is only there to support it. And it has been there for a couple of, um, almost 200 years, right? 
it's the last penal colony on the planet Earth. They used to have a place called Devil's Island um, around Corsica in the south of France. Louisiana is a French imitation, mm -hmm. right? Everything about its law, it's the only state in the United States that doesn't practice common law, right? Their law is more of a Roman, civil, uh, traditional thing. Um, uh, they're, they're, they're separated into parishes instead of counties, right? They control most of the wealth of the United States of America, even though they're the poorest state in the United States of America as far as its citizenry is concerned. There are two major pipelines that come out of Louisiana. One is called the Plantation Pipeline, one is called the Colonial Pipeline. The Colonial Pipeline provides natural gas to everybody on the East Coast. The Plantation Pipeline provides natural gas to everybody in the western part of the United States of America. You might have found out things like this after Katrina when um, that storm pulled up the skirt of a place that seemed fun and you know life-giving. You probably came to New Orleans a couple of times, spent a couple of thousand dollars, showed your boobies and had fun. You know, but it was third world level poverty right there while you were walking around drinking your hand grenades and you're seeing the little boy beat the, um, the drums or tap dance in the street and say, I'm like, isn't this so cute? Isn't it cute? Well, in 1898, right after Reconstruction, the founding fathers of the new Jim Crow situation that exists in Louisiana decided that they were going to come up with a way to keep African Americans in perpetual subjugation through their constitution, right? They came up with what's called the non-unanimous verdict. Only in the state of Louisiana can you go to trial and not get the the gold standard of justice that you're supposed to have in the United States of America, meaning that 12 jurors of your peers are supposed to be able to unanimously decide that you have convict, um, you have actually committed this crime and therefore you can receive this particular sentence that we're about to give you. In Louisiana, the old guys were like, man, the Negroes are gonna be able to vote. If they can vote, then they can sit on juries. If they can sit on juries, then one of them could decide that he's not guilty, therefore you won't be able to send this particular guy to prison. So they said, what are we gonna do about it? Hence, the non-unanimous jury. From 1898 until perfect present tense time, today, 2018, no African-American vote on a jury has counted in the state of Louisiana. Think about that for a second. Ten jurors can find you guilty. Two can find you not guilty. You are still guilty in the state of Louisiana. Specifically, they created this to nullify the votes of African Americans because the population would dictate that it would never be two, um, more than two juries, um, mm -hmm. two blacks on a jury in the state of Louisiana. So you got a system now where you can make sure that you have this labor that they were about to lose. Because Louisiana is, is and was an agricultural state. Um, it's, it's nice to think that everybody changed their minds and, and things were good after slavery and they legislated in good morals and good feelings, but that's an impossibility. People were like, who are gonna work these fields? What are we gonna do with them now? So they came up with, after slavery, a thing called convict leasing. Right? So if we could get these guys into the jail, 
we can use them and I'll let you <coughs> borrow them for the day, right, at this price right here. So they lease them to wealthy sugarcane farmers or um, wealthy cotton guys. And different than slavery, because in slavery, if you got a slave, you're not going to really, he's your property, so you're not going to destroy your property. But if you lease in a convict, you could work them till they die. So guys was getting charges like vagrancy, um, peonage, um, you, you don't have a job, I mean, what you doing? Lock his ass up for two years, right? In those two years, with 87% of the guys that was in there died, right? As a, as a, as a part of this process, it became so brutal to the federal government had to kind of step in in the 1960s and say, wait a minute, mm. you're killing too many of them. Mm. We need to change, tweak the system. Not necessarily change the system, they tweaked it a little bit and said, all right, um, you can't lease them all the way out. We're going to create an entity called prison enterprises. And it, Angola, again, let me give you a more better description of it. It's 18,000 acres. It's the size of the island of Manhattan. Think about that as a prison, the size of Manhattan. It's also its own municipality. 200 white people live there in a um, neighborhood that has a post office that gets credit for the 7,000 inmates that are housed there. So they get federal government taxes, a lot of money coming in, they big tractors, they make everything. They have a crawfish uh, pond, they have strawberries, peach orchards, um, pecan orchards. They don't eat them, they sell them, you understand? 18,000 acres worth of this stuff. So this is really, really, really big, big business, but it's only benefiting a very small group inside of the state of Louisiana. So I get to this place in 1992, and it's like something off of like life with Eddie Murphy now. The vast majority of the prison population was illiterate. There were no schooling programs, no literacy programs. Um, it was just about work, hard work all day. Um, we had, anybody in here heard of the Angola Three? Okay, so they try to separate revolutionaries from the general population so that people won't understand it. Yeah, you might have killed that lady or you might have sold that dope or you, you might have done that wrong thing, but they don't have a right to treat you like this. Right, so I mean, you know, a lot of times you do something wrong, you feel like, man, maybe I deserve this. Maybe this is God's punishment on me, you know, to let them do whatever. They sell human beings in prison. Um, if you, you, you're an older guy in prison, you want a nice young one that's coming in, 17 years old, the guards would work out a deal with you to have this guy right here. You want you, give me 200, give me $300, right? This was something that everybody knew about but it was almost like the judges and the system itself felt like it was right for you to get raped as a part of your punishment like boy i'll send you down there and you know what happened to you <laughs> right these are the good guys they go to church every sunday they sit in their robes and they they have their children you know and they pretend to be really 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 good people and I seen this, I was already political con politically conscious at the time. Um, I grew up in Compton, California. Um, Black Panther Party had a 
lot to do with our breakfast programs, um, teaching us Taekwondo, reading the Red Book by the time I was 10, um, all the black iconography, the fists, the, the afros. That, that was my life. I thought everybody was, was conscious. But I get to Louisiana and find that nobody, this is how it is and this is how it's gonna be. So we worked for about 15 years just trying to get people to understand that you need to read. Mm -hmm. You understand? Because this educational process is gonna get us right. I'm here today not just to tell my personal story. Because yeah, I got out of prison. I went there for something that I didn't do, second degree murder. I got partially exonerated a couple of years ago, hit the ground running. Now I'm doing pretty good as far as an ex-convict is concerned. But I have some brothers that are in there right now, today. I've been on the phone with them while we were in our groups. They call themselves Decarcerate Louisiana, right? They're standing right now before guns. I'm talking about, they're saying we're not working anymore. We're, we're, we need to bring, and if you have social media, please go to Decarcerate Louisiana, um, Facebook, get hooked up with us right quick because this is happening in perfect present tense time. Not something that's happening yesterday. Tonight they're gonna come to my guys' sales. They're gonna try to continue to intimidate. You guys are gonna go back to work. But we've been getting a lot of media attention. Sister Kaleka has been working with the, the head organizers that are doing these labor strikes. I'm talking about real labor strikes. Not, it's a lot of money on the line. So they've already almost killed a couple of our guys by beating them, by um, sleep deprivation, by using the darkness. Um, can anybody understand how you can use light and darkness in order to torture somebody? Yes, I do. Yeah, this is possible, bro. Yeah, they can put you in triple darkness, enough darkness to where in two days you won't know up from down. Yeah. You have to start filling the floor to make sure it's not the ceiling. You understand? In that type of darkness, you become disoriented and you kind of want to give up, but we don't give up. A lot of times we, we find light inside of that darkness, even though that darkness is, is so pervasive, right? So you say no, and then you talk through the door to your comrades, like these brothers talk to their comrades, and they pull themselves through. He was a tugboat for him. Mm -hmm. Come on, man, I got you. And yeah, it's gonna hurt. Electric shields hurt. I'm being tased hurts. Somebody this, um, I went to a spot in Germantown the other night um, because I was looking for a, a beer in Pennsylvania, and it's hard to find a beer in Pennsylvania. Um, so when I go through the door, I notice what would seem to be prison guards to me. But they're regular Pennsylvanians, but they have clovers on their necks, and they have thunderbolts on their arms. And I'm like, man. So they're looking at me, and I'm with a, a white girl and a Chinese girl. And so I see this animosity that comes over, and I'm like, wow. And I thought, I haven't felt that since I was in prison. Mm. You understand? I've been out two years. I've been all around the United States. <coughs> Night before last, I went in a bar in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and felt the stare of prison guards, which I knew, well, they weren't prison guards probably, but these are the same type of men because they can do some cruel stuff, y'all. They have a study about imprisonment, and college students were given an opportunity in California to become guards or prisoners, mm -hmm. right? And in the study, they gave the guard uh, a button that he could push that would shock an inmate. 
you understand? These were regular college students, not people, you know, just randomly picked off the street. These were the good guys. But the study had to be stopped within about, what, three days? Mm -hmm. Because they found that the prisoners started actually taking on the characteristics of prisoners. They were plotting and trying to figure out how they were going to get out, get the guards, forgetting that this is just a study that we're going through. The guards seemed to started exalting and pushing the button now. <laughs> yeah, get your ass up in there. Or whatever, you understand what I'm saying? It's something that's negative in the human character that means that a prison shouldn't even exist in the first place. Because this thing is creating something that's really, really bad. You understand what I'm saying? The United States incarcerates more people than anywhere on the planet. So if incarceration has anything to do with stopping crime, then we should have the lowest crime rate than anywhere on the planet, right? Wrong. We have the highest crime rate, too. So how does that go together? I call for the abolishment or the shutting down of Angola prison as a, the number one move that we're about to have. It's the only reason that I'm in Pittsburgh today is because I knew that you had people in the world that felt like this is wrong, right? But it can't just happen with hoping people change their minds. We have to change policies. You have to figure out inside of what policy can we change? How can we pressure them to, let's say, um, have to pay guards $80 an hour then. You understand? Meaning it can't be done. So you're going to have to get some off. Um, three weeks ago, we took $75 million from the Department of Corrections in the state of Louisiana. Um, the, its secretary, and you guys can Google this, its secretary said that they're going to have to release 10,000 inmates as a result of the, um, the Reinvestment Act. Our Reinvestment Act was... Uh, propaganda to basically say we want the money that you spend on corrections returned to education and um, and hospitals. Most of the people in Louisiana thought that that was a pretty good idea. Mm. They were like, because you know, you can't get to hospitals anymore. So as they started, as we started pressuring our Congress people, our representatives, we got a big package of bills um, passed that's like $262 million worth of reduction, right? They have to reduce the prison population by 10% over the next 10 years. But this first move is 10,000 people that's gonna have to move this year. Wow. And it shocks them, wow. you understand? These are the tactics that we learned in prison though. I'm, it's cool to, to do noise demonstrations in front of a prison, but the bureaucracy of the prison can't change the policy. Right. He just works there, I'm the yeah. warden, man, hey. Uh, even if he sympathized with you, it would be nothing he can do. So the, your noise um, um, direct actions and so forth have to be more strategically <laughs> thought out. Yeah. have to say, what is our objective? What are we actually trying to do? If we're actually trying to shut this down, then you have to hit them where, where the money at then. Because that's what it's all about in the first place. Right? And they have different policies and ways that we can do this, that we can actually surgically change this system one state at a time, right? Um, I, I hope that, and I'm gonna close because I wanna hear what the brother has to say. Um, I hope that you can understand that this decarcerate Louisiana thing <coughs> is 
good for everybody. You understand? Because the resources that a couple of families are, are, are gaining are being taken from everybody else. You understand what I'm saying? We we said, well, we need this, you know, they, they're doing too much. You're out here, you know, I, I, I hear older black women and black dudes that are scared to stop at a gas station if they see three black dudes with a hood. You understand? That That's our own people feeling like that too. So I know that if I was a white person and I, with the type of way that the media depicts African-American males, then I might be scared too. I'm like, we have to change that though, some type of way. I don't know if that happens through policy or if that's just something that you have to deal with inside your own soul. You know, to say, man, you know what? That's a human being just like I'm a human being. This cognitive dissonance that we talk about a lot of times that allows you or allowed people 40 years ago to bring their whole family out and watch five men hang in a tree and mm. smile and say, man, that what is that? That means that, you know, how? How can we sit and watch something like that? It means you have no feelings. So it's nothing to mace a guy down in a cell or beat him till his, 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 he's black and blue. You understand? Because he's not human, right? So some type of way we have to affect change in that way as well. This has been KiteLine. Anyone can reach us via our P.O. Box, KiteLine Radio, P.O. Box 2422, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. We also encourage your feedback. You can email us at kiteline at wfhb.org. KiteLine is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. WFHB, its contributors, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the opinions shared on the show. Please join us every Friday at 5.30 p.m. for more stories, news, and insights about the impact of prison on our community. Thank you for listening.